0: welcome to the Word of Life Church podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now let's turn our hearts and our minds to the word as we begin today's episode. i go over to James. We're here in Timothy. Go over to James. I talked last week about developing a prayer habit. Um, I, I felt impressed this week to just talk about another habit. Um, and I don't know if God's building a new series. I, I kind of like the free flow of Sunday nights. And we'll see. But this is another habit. And if I could teach my children how to pray, um, and that was last week's message, I believe it would change everything. Um, and this would be another habit, that if I could teach my children anything, it would be this. And I, I want this this habit in you as well. Um, I'm going to read this scripture and set up a story. James 1, 27. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their distress. Now, one translation says, in the day of their affliction. Uh, Meaning, there's a lot of orphans and there's a a lot of uh, widows in the world. But there's some that are in the day of their affliction like in the middle of the pain of that loss. And he said, you want to know what pure religion is? It's to be with them and to minister to them and to not let them hurt alone, but to be there. That was powerful, like just having people in your life who could pray over you and speak into you. Let me ask you, do you have that? Seriously, do you have people like that in your life going through a hard time? It's like, come here. Wanting to go to the next level? Come here. And not only do you have that, are you that? Are you that in the lives of other people? Like a, a carrier, of the, like the Good Samaritan. You have on your possession at all times, oil and wine. Ready to just find someone who's hurting and wounded and poured in. And this is what this is, that there are orphans, there are people whose fathers or mothers uh, are people who have, don't, don't have parental influences in their life, aren't there. They're missing that supply, and someone stands in the gap, their repairer of the breach. And then there are widows, uh, women on the earth whose husbands have passed, uh, that out of that, when, when people pass, they take with them their supply. And so we don't sorrow like those who have no hope. We, we talked about today. Like when people die on this earth, we don't sorrow like those who have no hope. But here's one of the things you'll understand. And if you, you've never had anyone close to you die, then maybe you don't. But even if you haven't had someone die, maybe you've had someone who is close to your life leave your life. Maybe they got offended with you. Maybe they got upset with you. Maybe they felt called and moved away. But when they left, they took their supply with them. Because people are carriers of supplies. There's supplies of joy. There's supplies of wisdom. There, there's some people when you're around them. There's supply of comfort. Uh, when you're around them, there's supply of strength. People are supplies. Um, and out of that, like if you're, especially if you're married to a good man or a good woman, there's a major supply that you have in your life coming from that person. Um, it's, it, Pep for me, and she wants to come back. She was just driving him from the lake from Reese. And if you weren't, I, I talked about this morning. Reese turned 17. My, my, um, uh, sister-in-law, uh, got a lake house and thank God for people who have lake houses and boats you can use for free. Uh, you know, that type of thing. And so my wife took Reese up there and she's on her way back. But my wife is a major supply to me. Like I cannot overestimate. Uh, what she is to me. Like there's a strength that comes from her life that feeds me. Confidence, boldness, comfort, uh, esteem. It's marvelous. Um, And if something happened to her, I would miss that supply. And so there are widows who are in the day of their affliction, meaning there hasn't been other things that have come in to fill that supply. For instance, in Naomi's life in the Old Testament, she was a widow. Ruth came and was a supply to her. And then after Ruth, Ruth had a baby. That baby was a supply to her. Uh, So oftentimes we'll think about being a supply to our kids, but a lot of times our kids are a supply to us. Uh, and so this, th- these things came in and were repairs of the breach. They filled the gap. And, and now, you know, she's w- still a widow, but not in the day of her affliction, not in distress anymore. Does that make sense? Now, listen to what Scripture's telling you here, uh, that pure religion, you want to know what, what we're based off of? Find an orphan. Find a widow. In the day of their affliction, fill the gap. Give the supply. Notice the need, Russian. And then he says, the last part of this, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. What does this mean? Be holy. Uh, Like the world is doing this. I I have no fellowship. John said it this way. I have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That I will keep myself unspotted from the world. The world does this. They watch this. They listen to this. Not me. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And he said, this is pure religion. It's to, to keep oneself unspotted from the world, fill the gap, be a repairer of the breach. Um, and so, now, with that in mind, let's go over to the book of Luke. I'm, I'm just going to read these scriptures, tell you a story, and let you go. Luke 6. Y'all are listening so well already, though. There's a good pull tonight. I appreciate that. It's not always that way. Not here, but in other places. Luke 6 and verse 38. The pool matters. Luke 6 and 38. Give, and it will be given unto you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Let's read that again. Give, give, give and it will be given unto you. They will pour it into your lap, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. All right, so uh, several years ago, I want to say four or five I was doing what I've encouraged you to do—just reading three chapters a day in the epistles, at least. Now, of course, if you can read more, great. Um, But like every day, at least three. You can do that quickly. You can, you know, if if you haven't done it all day, and it's like, ah, I'm going to do it before I go to bed. You have enough time, like genuinely and true. And and two, science shows it's better to turn off screens and to like get printed pages before your eyes anyway before you go to bed. Uh, So anyway, um, you know, it's something all of us can do. It's another habit, if you will. I'm going through, and I'm reading the book of James, and I'm finishing chapter 1, and I can't get past that last verse. Pure religion and undefiled is to, to visit widows and orphans in the day of their affliction and keep oneself unspotted from the world. And then I'm reading the next chapter, can't, can't leave it. Pure religion and undefiled is to vid- visit widows and orphans in the day of their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I'm like, I get it. And then I, I keep reading. I'm like, I can't get it out of my heart. I keep going back to that verse. I'm like, there's something there. Some read it. Pure religion and is keep oneself unspotted from the world and visit widows and orphans in the day of their affliction. I'm like, okay. I keep myself unspotted from the world. Genuinely, not perfect at it. I don't know really who is. But genuinely, if it's... I'll, if it's worldly, has the spirit on the world on it, like, I, I genuinely don't watch it. Like, I, 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 if there's one area in my life, it would be music. Because sometimes, like, when you're running or lifting, like, you want a beat, and the Lord, you know, deals with me on that. And I'm like, come on, Christian music, help me. Uh, so, but, like, all of those kinds of things, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, but genuinely, I, I, I do that. And I'm not saying that boastfully. I'm just saying, like, this is the conversation I had with the Lord on this day. It's like, I keep myself unspotted from the world. I do. Um, I I genuinely do. Um, And so out of that, I'm like, okay, check. Um, And then orphans, I'm like, yes. Like, I've always had a heart for the fatherless because God will often use your wound uh, to bring healing unto others. That the, the greatest wounds of your life where God brought healing turn into your greatest ministry. The greatest wounds of your life that God brings healing to turn into it, your areas of greatest ministry, which is why it's so important that you allow God to heal your wounds because the wounds that the you, know, you have in life, if you allow the Lord to heal them, turn into strong ministry points because you can relate to the pain. And so once again, you know the story. My father passed away when I was 17. God brings to me orphans all the time, people who are maybe not orphans where their father has passed away, but like they don't have a relationship with their father like they want it to. God has an anointing on my life to help that with people and to come and be fatherly to them. And so I'm I'm like, okay, check. And not only that, but like I I travel the world a lot for missions, and I've seen so many orphans that I'm like, I'll take on you and you and you and you and me and my my wife and kids. We support uh, these these kids. We we feed them monthly. I go see them when I can. That type of thing. So I'm like, check. Got the orphans down. And I'm like, widow, 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 widow. And the Lord speaks to me when I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, I don't have a widow. Um, and the Lord said, I'm, I'm about to bring you one. And that's why you couldn't get that verse of scripture out of your heart. I'm like, okay. So like I'm, I'm going through life and I'm like, is that my widow? Is that like me and Pep's widow? Like there's somebody we're supposed to be good to. They're in their day of affliction. They need a supply. They need a supply of the spirit because that's what it's about. You need the supply. And the supply, of course, whether it's joy, peace, love, wisdom, it's all God, but it comes through people. You are his hands and feet. And so out of that, thank God and know, too, that if somebody is getting something from your supply, it is divine. It's a divine connection. Like, John Romnick is a supply to me, man. Like, John makes me laugh. He makes me smile. Other employees get a little upset because he gets away with stuff. Uh, you know, that type of thing because he just he makes me laugh. And, like, I'm like, make me laugh. And, and you, you you know, you can do it too. Like, that kind of, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, not kind of. Uh, but, but, like, out of that, uh, for John, he's such a supply to me. But it's Divine it's a divine strength and and that's why you need to value it and that's also why and this is a side note but i feel impressed to share it that's why you must fight for your connections and that's why the devil will get you to do anything to get offended and upset from your divine supplies nobody is perfect not me not well pep's perfect but but other people uh, nobody's perfect they genuinely will upset you and if you allow satan to get that a rock of offense and a stumbling block in you you will you will cut off your divine supplies, and you will feel it. You will enter a day of affliction, and so out of that, I'm like, okay, like I'm, I know people who are missing that supply, but I'm like, they seem to be okay, and like they seem to be okay, and I'm like, okay, Lord, show me. He's like, I will just settle down, and so like out of that, not a couple of months go by, but this is still in my heart. I get an opportunity to go preach. I preach a lot outside of the house as well. And that's something that the the Lord has just opened. And uh, typically I'll do it during the week when people want me to come minister. And a lot of times it's to pastors and that type of thing. And I got invited to go to preach at this conference where there's like 50 pastors in this room. And I'm like, yes, feel led to go. was in Missouri. And I, I go up there and I walk in this room and I'm just walking down the aisle and I see this lady there in the row. And the Lord said, that's your widow. I'm like really and I get up there and I'm I'm down there worshiping and then they're about to bring me up to preach and I'm like I found my widow and then like you know I was kind of counting on somebody I knew you know that like I knew one knew they actually were a widow two knew that they were in their day of affliction three like it wouldn't be weird to be a supply to them does that make sense and I'm like, okay, one, I don't know if she's a widow or not. Or not. She's just sitting by herself. And if I come up to her and I'm like, are you a widow? Like that type of thing. And she's not. That could get awkward really fast. Um, two, like I, I do not know her in any shape, form, or fashion. I don't know if she's hurting or not. I don't know if she's still wounded, even if she is a widow. And like three, like that would be so weird for someone that you had no idea, uh, like who they are, to just come in and like be a supply, that type of thing. But, man, I'm up there preaching, and I cannot take my eyes off this woman. Like, genuinely. Like, I I know. I know by the spirit of, of the living God. Like, I am supposed to, like, stop my service right now and minister to her. And I'm like, this this is either going to be awesome or a train wreck. And I don't know if you've ever had that kind of feeling in a service, but man, I'm like, could we do this in private, please, Lord? Like, please. Uh, But I couldn't. Like, I could not get it out of my heart. And so I just stop, and I'm like, excuse me. I'm pointing to this lady. I'm like, ma'am, I told her that verse. And I said, I feel like um, you're in need of a supply. That you were in the day of your affliction. And she starts bawling. I mean bawling. And all these other pastors knew her and knew her husband. Like I said, I'm, I'm not from there. But they knew her husband. And they were all starting to get emotional. Because they, they knew of her situation. And they knew what a supply her husband was. And I said, what the Lord is telling me now is I'm to stay in contact with you. and I'm to help you in this season of life just with encouragement and love. But I also feel impressed to take up an offering and for me to be a part of it that the Lord wants to send you on a vacation. And a vacation for you and your daughter. She had elder daughters and like that type of thing and a chance for you all to go. And then like the word Italy just came up in my heart. And I'm like, Italy, crying all the more. I mean, crying all the more. And so we take up the offering. Me and my wife get involved in it. Later, so much so, I even got my staff to write, on, or to write her. I'm like, all of us need a widow. Like, <laughs> this is true religion. I'm like, we found one. Uh, and like that type of thing. So I'm like, right. I'm like, and so they would write little encouraging letters and like all these types of things and that type of thing. So, but she comes after me, uh, up to me after the service. We start talking. We pray, all those types of things. She's like, you don't understand. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, it's really been hard in this past season. Uh, me and my husband, for our anniversary, our first ever anniversary, we went to Italy. And she said, before he passed, we always talked about going back. And she said, you have no idea what it means to me that God sees my need and he sees my desire and that he will do for me what my husband always wanted to You serve an awesome God, and I'm telling you, He sees you. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and provides. And I'm telling you, there is nothing in your life that you need that He does not see. And He's got supplies all over the earth, all over the earth that He can use to get to you a supply of strength, a supply of money, a supply shall men give unto your bosom. A, a supply of wisdom, a supply of fatherhood, a supply of friendship. He has people all over the world, and he sees and knows you. And so that was awesome. And there was, like, so much connection that came out of that, like, really, and times of ministry, all those other types of things. And so I called my wife, and I'm like, we gave some money. <laughs> and, like, it was a lot. Uh, and that type of thing, I'm like, but I found our widow. And so she was rejoicing. I was rejoicing. That was years ago. So here, I'm I'm ending. So this week, this week, um, the Lord kept bringing that story back up to my heart. I'm like, Are you bringing me another widow? And I told my wife, and she's like, The Lord's been bringing her up to my heart as well. I'm like, Huh? I said, I wonder if God's bringing me another widow us, another widow, to, like, be a supply to in the day of their affliction. And, you know, but I knew that wasn't it. Like, I'm like, there's something else. And then I started thinking about Italy. I'm like, we helped her go to Italy. And for years, I've had this map uh, that, you know, they use to decorate that has Italy on it that, you know, everybody's asked, like, what does it mean? And I'd make up a story, but it really had no intrinsic meaning. It was just like, honestly, it was big enough to fill the wall. Like, that's why it's there. I didn't pick it. The designer did. It's there. But I was thinking about that this whole week. The Lord just kept bringing that back to my remembrance. Now, in my prayer journal, because we talked about this last week, I have a prayer journal for seasons of life. This is actually a new one. I got it when I turned 40. It's got 50 things I want to accomplish before I turn 50. One of which I look at every day and pray over is my kids. I want to take my kids to all the wonders of the world. Why? It's not so that they can see the wonders of the world. It's so that I can be with them. Because I believe God can change anything about you. All he needs is one thing, time with you. And I believe for my kids there's absolutely nothing the work of the Spirit cannot accomplish in their life so long as they give me and him time and so it's wonderful to have like little pockets of time or time with homework, but man, you get these kids away and you spend, you know, seven to 10 days with them where you sleep in the same room, you eat the same meals over and over and over again. And I always mix it with the mission trip. So I've taken my daughter to the Great Wall of China. I've taken Boston to the pyramids. I've took, taken Ben to the Chichen Itza. I've taken my wife to the Taj Mahal, you know, all these types of things and mixed it in with that missions. It's been awesome. But I've always wanted to take Greece to the Colosseum. The reason why is, she's like me like she gets me and i like the museums and like i like the history and i'm going to read the books before i go and i didn't even know that about my daughter until i took her to washington dc we had like a a three-day getaway where i'm like let's go see some museums it's something i always wanted to do and you know she's the only one that i thought might be interested in it and we went and had a great time i mean a great time and so i'm like rome that's where i'm taking reese But, of course, you run into, like, well, how are you going to pay for it? But I don't think about those things because, you know, my father's a provider. He sees and knows my need. I'm not wanting to go uh, to to Rome just so I can go to Rome. I, I really think it would be amazing for me and my daughter. It would be something that I would enjoy, she would enjoy, but there would be a divine supply that comes from it because God can change anything about you. All he needs is time. And so time with me and time with him because we had devotionals together, pray together. All those. My daughter got spirit filled in Hong Kong, looking over the harbor while we're on our knees praying for that city. Like God has, I could cry. Like God has done some amazing things on these one-on-one trips. Uh, so out of that, um, like I'm thinking about all this. I'm like, huh? We sent her to Italy. I got a map of Italy that means nothing, and all these thoughts are racing through my my head, and you know that type of thing. And like we gave a trip to Italy. And I never linked those things together. I never linked the map, the desire to take Greece uh, to Italy. And of all the places like the Holy Spirit could send someone would be Italy. And I'd already had seed in that direction. I kid you not, this week, we had this pastor's conference where I'm doing it for free. Like I can't, my staff can tell you, like literally for a week, All I'm doing is preaching and communicating and hosting and pouring into pastures. Then I've got two more messages I have to write, this Sundays and Sunday nights. Thank God my wife went out of town because it actually gave me the time to really, really study. Uh, Like that type of thing because I needed to study. Um, and, And so, like, I have been just all over the place mentally with all these different lessons. I don't know how many times I communicated or preached in public and private, but it was a lot with a lot of different information. But I can't shake it. Like, we got all these pastors in, I can't shape. I got a map of Italy that means nothing. I've sent someone on it to Italy, and I've got a desire to go to Italy, take my daughter there. And these thoughts are just coming through my mind the whole time. And so finally I just said, Father, you know. Well, at the end of this pastor's conference, and we're doing it all for free, take no income for it, don't want anything, no offerings. All I'm going to do is bless the ministers. All I'm going to do is bless the missionaries. I don't want any offerings. I don't want to make any money. I want to preach for free because everybody needs somebody somewhere to serve. These are my people. Uh, and so out of that, I want to serve. I want to be a supplier. I kid you not, someone walks up to me um, uh, Thursday night who is not a preacher. They walk up to me, and they're like, you know, I can't shake it. Uh, and I'm like, well, okay. They're like, this whole week, all I could think about, and I came tonight just to tell you this, all I could think about was you've got something in your life that has Italy on it that doesn't mean anything to you but will. <laughs> and they're like, God has just told us to send you to Italy. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like, you can't wipe the smile off my face. And then he tells me the amount. It's the same amount that was given to the widow. Not by me, by everyone. Yes, he will do it. Now, now here's my point. At no point in that story did I think, I am going to give this lady a trip to Italy so that one day me and my daughter could go to Italy and that map on my wall would mean something. Um, When we gave that seed to her, I can't even begin to tell you how sacrificial it was for me and my wife to do that. But I've learned through the Lord Give and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. That you do not have to be afraid of being generous. And I'm telling you, I I know so many of you are young and what you're thinking is, is that you can't. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You need to learn the habit of being radically generous right now. Right now. And I'm telling you, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, that's your homework. Go home and read. You're reading three chapters a day. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 tonight. Throw in chapter 10. That'll be your third. But I want you to notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, I want you to abound in this grace also, the grace of giving. And he mentions another church that was in the depths of their poverty, but in the depths of their poverty, they were radically generous. And he tells them, you know Why? Because God wants to show you he's a provider for you. God wants to show you he can take and meet every single one of your needs. That God is able to make all grace abound towards you. But you will never see that grace until you get generous. God, listen to me, God does not care how much you make. It's a myth from the pit of hell that God cares how much you make. Nope. You read the story of the Jesus taught on the rich man whose ground brought forth plentifully. He was celebrating that. That was not a bad thing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it literally tells you that Jesus Christ became poor so that you might become rich. You look up that rich, that word rich, it does not mean spiritually rich. Check it. Check it. If, if I am wrong on this, I will get out of the ministry tomorrow morning because I'm not wrong. I've researched it more than you could ever possibly imagine. That word rich literally means, if you Google it in the Greek, a divine supply financially, that God is talking directly there about God being a financial supply to you. You know why? God doesn't care how much you make. In fact, I believe God wants you to make more than you could ever possibly imagine. He doesn't care how much you make. He cares how much you take. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that now at this time your abundance may be a supply. That now at this time your abundance may be a supply. For he who brought in little had enough because of your abundance. But he who brought in enough did not have too much that he who brought in enough did not have too much. That he who brought in enough did not have too much. And the guy who's ground plentifully in the book of Luke, he said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down all of this stuff and I'll get the next great thing. I'll tear down my house, get a better house. I'll tear down my, 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 my possession, get more possessions. And this is the lie of the world that when you get this stuff, you'll be happy. But I want to encourage you, life is not made on what you take. Life is made on what you give. And you know how sweet it is when I'm going to be able to take my daughter on that vacation and tell her I didn't pay one thing out of my pocket for this. This came from your other father. Because years ago, your mom and I sacrificed of our own accord because the father asked us to be a supply in a widow's life to minister to her in the day of her affliction. And Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 came up, with the same measure you meet, it will be measured back unto you again. Be generous. Be a giver. And when you are, you will see God's grace, 2 Corinthians 9, God's grace abound towards you. You can ask Zach, he's our, our COO. He, he handles our money, looks at all those things. He'll show you that I never would have imagined a church that could give 30% of its income away to other ministries. But he'll tell you, every time we do, every time we give at the commandment of the Lord, God makes all grace abound towards us so that we always have all that we need and are able to give unto every good work. Be generous. Habit number one, pray. You'll never see the best God can do unless you pray. Habit number two, give. Give. Why? It will come back to you. It will come back to you three chapters tonight, 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 10. Love you, church. Let's pray and worship. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your grace, for your power and your love in our lives. We thank you, Father, that we will be a generous people, that we will do generous things. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, that we just invite your spirit into our life. And we say, Father, right now, right now. We just ask that your Holy Spirit would show us who do we need to be a supply to. Maybe it is a friend who's hurting. Maybe someone is in their day of affliction. They're in distress right now and they need us. Maybe some people need our financial supply. Maybe others need a friend. Maybe others need a supply of joy. Maybe others need a, a vacation or, or something that we could help. But, Father, whatever it may be, would you show us anybody tonight who may need some of our supply? And at this time, Father, may our supply be a supply in their lives. Father, tonight we'll not look at our own need, but, Father, let us look on the needs of others, knowing that you multiply seed that is sown. And then as we give to their need, it actually opens up the harvest for ours to be met. We love you, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord tonight.